0: Hello everybody, my name is Steven Dutzman, I am the founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com and this is my ride to work. So here we are, it's Monday, Uh, it is episode 14, I think, yeah, I think it's episode 14. I have proven that the EFG Daily Commute is definitely going to be more than just my drive to work, so um, I hope you all like listening to me talk because I actually really enjoy um, the uh, process of kind of recording these kind of conversational podcast. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, uh, Engage Family Gaming is a website on the internet where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to tell you all about the games you need to know about. Uh, what we want to do is help you get your family game on. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about some stuff. Uh, this weekend was great. Um, played a lot of Pokemon. Uh, so specifically, played a Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um... I want to give my impressions of that very briefly. Uh, we're going to write some impressions on the website. Obviously, that game is far too long for us to do a formal review in time for it to matter. Um, and this is a game we really want to savor as a family, so I'm not going to, you know, crush it, um, you know, right away. But I will say this. Um, it's really good. Uh, as someone who has never really been grabbed by a Pokemon game before, um, I have played them, but this really grabbed me, um, and I really enjoy it. Um, here's what I think. Uh, I think if you have a um, a child who wants to play, or if you've wanted to play a Pokemon game, and maybe some of the deeper role-playing game mechanics were a bit too much for you, um, this is a... But you were interested in Pokemon, maybe you loved Pokemon Go, even if it was only for like a week and you just really liked that idea of kind of wandering around catching Pokemon. Um, I think this game is infinitely more accessible than a traditional Pokemon game, Um, and I think that's awesome. And I think it also strips out a lot of the other, you know, the crunchier bits in uh, Pokemon games and makes it, (coughs) excuse me. just makes it easier to get into and stay in. Um, Specifically, um, the the part that I always struggle with with Pokemon is random battles. You walk through grass, Pokemon just attack you occasionally, Um, and now you can see them on the map so you can avoid them, and they actually move in such a way that they are avoidable if you want. Um, And I think that's brilliant. Right, like it makes the world feel more alive because you're walking through a forest and you see all sorts of bug Pokemon and all sorts of plant Pokemon. Like it just makes the game feel more alive rather than, oh, there's a patch of patch of grass. I've got to walk through that and I'm probably gonna get attacked. Um, you don't have to do it, and that by itself, I think, actually makes the game a little bit more easy to understand. Also, you don't have to battle the Pokemon. Um, you just give them fruit. And catch them. Um, and to me, uh, I-, I like that. Um, do I think that that will stay? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, because we have a new mainline Generation 8 Pokemon game coming out next year. Um, but my quick impressions, again, here we are three minutes into the podcast, my quick impressions are, this is a really good game. Um, I don't think... I- I've put about 10 hours in since Friday, which is a lot. And also... You know, I played a bunch of it cooperatively with my my daughter, um, and uh, she was able to play, um, which was so great. You know, having her be able to experience it with me, and I played a lot of cooperative with uh, Jake too, and our cooperative experiences were very different. Um, Megan just kind of hung out and did whatever she wanted, and so she just ran around the map and she threw pokeballs when she wanted. We were in combat sometimes. She didn't, um, whatever. Uh, And and it was fine because she was able to kind of play around me and it didn't really impede me at all, Um, right? So like she could just do her thing and explore and run around and, you know, see the Pokemon and kind of enjoy that world um, without having to really work, you know, without really impeding my gameplay at all. Whereas when I played with Jake, we were machines, you know, because if you throw the po- you know, if you're on the combat screen where you're, you know, fighting Pokemon trying to capture them, if you both throw at the same time and hit the target at the same time, you get like a synchronit- you get a uh, synchronisation bonus. So you are more likely to catch them, but also you get more experience points. So Jake and I spent a lot of time, you know, three, two, one, and throw. And sometimes we would throw, all- you know, we wouldn't throw at the right time or whatever. Um, I thought that was awesome. Right, so like the two, we played, I played cooperatively with two different kids, um, and it was a completely different experience both times. And I think that kind of adapt. And then I played alone for a while after the kids went to bed, and whatever. And all three of those experiences were the same game, um, but they felt different, um, and they were all fun. Do I think this is going to unseat Spider-Man as my game of the year? No. Um, obviously, we will be redeciding that in the last week of December. However, um, it's definitely in the top five, and I've only put ten hours in. Uh, this is a very good game. Um, I I would recommend it for almost anyone. And so that those are my early impressions of uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um, so this morning I went onto my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, and I also went into the group uh, EngageFamilyGaming.com/community uh, to ask for topics today because I didn't want to spend the whole day talking about Pokemon. Um, I'm going to be talking about that on all of our various uh, podcasts um and, and other content. So I, I didn't want to just kind of monopolize everything. Um so I wanted to you know I, I wanted to see if there was anything out there. Um and uh a good friend of mine, friend of the show, been on the podcast before, uh Dan Bashir's, um, is uh he suggested that I write about um gotcha games. Specifically um the idea of like what they are and how they relate to gaming addiction and things like that. Um, I think the second piece on that um, is a little bit. It, it, it might be a little bit above me, and I think I might need to do some homework. And maybe that is uh, more suited to a traditional, um, you know, to our to our long form podcast, which is Engage a Family Gaming Podcast. You can find that on podcast services or also uh, look to the EFG podcast Twitter feed um, which will share that episode. I think that might be better there because I I might want to get an expert uh, to come and talk about that and maybe I will do so. Uh, But what I did think I would do is talk at least about what a gotcha game is um, and how to identify it. Because gotcha games, if not if, if you are not aware of it Um, and again, I'm going to define it, but if you're not aware of it and if you don't manage it correctly, these games are, um, they're kind of dangerous. Um, and so it, it, especially if you or your kids don't have a lot of control over the money that you're spending on your phones or things like that, um, they can, they can be expensive and they can be problematic. Um, and it's not just predatory companies that make gacha games, um, Fire Emblem Heroes, which is a Nintendo um, which is the most Nintendo most successful Nintendo mobile game, is a gacha game. So, um, so let's talk about what that is. So gacha um, is a it's a gaming concept. It's based on um, the term uh, gachapon, which is a kind of vending machine that are very common in Japan. And they're also very common in the United States, we just don't call them that. Um, Everybody has that experience of walking out of a grocery store and seeing like those line of machines and you put a quarter in and a capsule comes out and you get like, you know, uh, a Dakota ring or a, a fidget spinner or something simple, right? Um, a, a bouncy ball, um, you know, something like that, right? Um, in Japan... Uh, they have these gotcha machines where you actually will get like cool collectibles. So picture of uh, a, a capsule machine like the ones outside our grocery store. Where in in the United States, in North America, those machines are generally designed to be you put a, a you know you put a quarter in you get a uh, you get a bouncy ball. So low low uh, exposure, right? And they're not very expensive and. Um, low reward. You're getting super cheap thing. They're meant to be a distraction. They're a, a, pri- a cheap prize for a kid who is good at the grocery store, right? Like a reasonable impulse purchase in the event that, you know, so that, okay, maybe we won't get the deck of playing cards or the Matchbox car because those are two bucks, but maybe we'll get something out of the, the capsule machines, that kind of thing. That's what those are intended for um, in North America. In Japan they have gachapon machines where you could put a $20 in and you could get a really cool collectible and the 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 big deal there is the variety right that there are you know 300 capsules in there and they will often be uh, just imagine a capsule machine that had nothing but Skylanders Um, And so, you put your $10 in or whatever, and out comes the Skylander, and that's the the, the piece that you have. That is um, very common in Japan, and in Japan, it's somewhat problematic, because if you want specifically your guy, or maybe you're trying to complete a set, um, you put your money in, and the capsule comes out, and it's not what you need, you know, that's you know, you you might be tempted to try and put more in to try and get that character that you want uh, or that, whatever it is. Um, the, so the difference, so it's the kind of the same mechanism, but the difference is, um, they are, uh, the, the difference is, it's a higher cost of entry to get a, uh, to get something out of it Um, and as a result, the companies that create these things, like, they'll create, like, these ultra-rares, where there might be only one in the machine, like, when it's fully loaded. Like, when it's fully loaded, they put the thing in, and there might only be one out of, one out of a hundred might be this one ultra-rare figure. Like, imagine if they were Pokemon, and there was, you really, you know, there was Pikachu somewhere in that machine it kind of draws people in and force, you know, it gets people, tricks people into spending money. I remember, um, I mean, and this is a, this is super personal anecdote, but back when I was in middle school, um, they, 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 there was a vending machine that came to my school. They put it in and it gave pencils for 50 cents. And, uh, they were NFL pencils. So, they had all 32 teams, um, and so and you never knew what team you were going to get. And I think you, you know, I don't remember, but I think you put in 50 cents, and I think you got two pencils um, of a random team, and they just kind of fell out the slot. And this was a huge deal, <coughs> because, obviously, you know, everybody has their favorite team. Um, everybody has least favorite teams. Um... This was compounded by the fact that they were really garbage pencils and were very easy to break, but um, this became a problem very quickly. Within weeks, it kind of got around that, number one, you had to be using one of these football pencils. I mean, you just had to, and you had to have a collection, if you were a Giants fan, you just had to have all Giants pencils. Um, And this was before the internet, where you could just go on Amazon and buy a gross of Giants pencils, right? Like, if Evan wanted a Jets pencil right now and that's all he wanted to use, we could probably keep him in Jets pencils just for life if we really wanted to, right? Fortunately, knock on wood, he's not like that yet, but right, like, if that's what they wanted to do, uh, we could do it. Whereas there, it was like, nope, you gotta take your chances rolling the dice with these pencils. And every morning before school, like, kids were getting, were being late to class. Um, And it was disruptive because they were just fighting to get in line to these machines and trading with each other. And um, it created like a number of, you know, a number of issues, right? Like, you know, you wanted to get the team you wanted. And if you rolled in with your 50 cents, and I, I remember our family was not, we didn't have a lot, right? So for me to run in and be like, hey, can I get quarters for pencils. I remember like finding quarters, like in the couch, being like super stoked that I could finally go in and try and get it. And I got like a Tampa Bay Buccaneers pencil. Whereas now I would find that ironic and funny that I would use a Tampa Bay Buccaneers pencil. But back then it was like, I can't use this. So I basically spent 50 cents to get these things that actually had use. And I threw, and I just gave it to somebody, which was really stupid. Um, I mean, I guess it's easy for me to judge myself back when I was in eighth grade. I think we all would think that we were pretty dumb when we were in eighth grade, but that's kind of, that, that, that's similar to some of the scotch stuff, right? Like it, it, depending on what you wanted, you know, what characters you wanted, like you could spend money and get something that is arguably useless. Now, if you're listening to all of this and you think to yourself, wow, that really sounds like Steve is describing loot boxes in, 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 you're darn right, I'm describing loot boxes. Um, they're very similar to these gotcha machines. Well, not only am I describing loot boxes, which are the things that you probably think about very, um, you know, th- that are probably what you think about when you hear some of these things, uh, because we've talked about loot boxes and they've been a big topic of conversation in the gaming space, but also they are very prevalent in the free-to-play mobile space. And this is the place where I want to talk about it. Loot boxes in, in AAA video games or in big video games on console, those are a known element. A lot of people understand how they work and at this point, you want you, you have decided if you're in or you're out on those, I think. And if you want more, you kind of go back to some of our older podcasts and maybe we'll certainly address them when we Uh, have a more detailed discussion just about how to deal with some of these things, some strategies. But they are a very big deal on mobile. And part of that is because a lot of mobile games are, um, a lot of the mobile games that we see in, in North America are localized versions of these games brought over from Japan. And this is, this Business model is so common in Asia, um, they have laws regulating them. Like they are a big deal. Um, and so, here is what I wanted to do is give you some strategies. Like, if you're, um, because we all have our phones and our kids will come up to us and say, Hey, I want to download this game. Um, and it, sometimes it's hard to tell, like, how the game works. Um, and so, I wanted to give you a couple of steps that I use to dissect some of the mobile games that my kids want to play to try and figure out how they work and what kind of pressure that that game is going to be putting on my wallet. Um, So here we go. Step one. And this really isn't about... This is game agnostic. But understand this. There is literally no such thing as a free game. Full stop. Now... There are always exceptions to every rule. However, even games that are truly free and have no microtransactions, etc., they're feeding you ads, at which point that is the cost. You are going to see advertisements. Um, there is a risk associated with watching ads, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, like, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Nobody makes games for free except maybe students. Um, But, like, if if your kid is coming home or if your kid sees an advertisement for a mobile game in another mobile game or, like, if there's advertising for this game, (coughs) it's definitely not free. (coughs) I mean, at the very least, I have not encountered a free game that has an advertising budget yet. So if, you find some, if your kid finds some student project, please let me know because I would love to experience what a true free mobile game is. So that's rule number one. Just recognize there's no such thing as a free game. All of these games are going to be attempting to make money from you. Um, so that's step one. Step two, um, now that you know that there's no such thing as a free mobile game, I encourage you to look at the game before they play it. Right, um, maybe watch some videos or you know something like that, and um, play the game yourself for a little bit. I'm not talking for days. Just play it for a little bit yourself. Um, and this is what your job is: find out how you can give them money. Now, I'm not saying you have to give them money, but you want to find out how to give them money. Now. For some games, Monument Valley, for example, the way you give them money is you pay for it up front. And you'll find that out before you even play the game. And generally, games that have an upfront cost, like a premium mobile game, that's how we would refer to that, like a game that you would pay up front for. Generally, those don't have predatory or you know microtransactions or anything like that. Generally, you pay for it and it unlocks it. There are a lot of really good mobile games that you just pay a couple of bucks for up front and you get to keep them. And, you know, um, some great examples are Monument Valley 1 and 2, 80 Days, which is uh, a kind of a visual novel version of Around the World in 80 Days, which plays out like a really interesting, um, really it's Oregon Trail with just some different choices um, and it looks awesome. It's like a steampunk Oregon Trail. I I definitely recommend it. Um, And there are others. Um, you know, a lot of the ports of Final Fantasy games, um, those are all premium mobile games. They don't have any shenanigans in them. So, um, you know, find out how you can give them money. Um, and usually it'll be fairly, you know, it it, it will be one, it'll be one of a few things. Either you have an upfront cost or, um, it'll be a game where you can buy premium currency. Um, a lot of mobile games will have like two or three different kinds of money in the game that you use to buy or unlock stuff. One of them will be a currency that you earn in the game. And a lot of times they will tell you that you will earn this in the game. Um, and then if you go into, and you'll, you'll, you might have to tap around in this, and that's okay. Um, you, eventually you'll see a store and you can go and you'll see that there is currency that you can, can, that you can purchase with real world money. In either small packs, or more frequently, you'll see it where you can spend like a hundred dollars on like these, um, you know, this premium purchase. Like they call it like a macro purchase, it's a macro transaction. It's like this big thing, right? So um, that is the like that's your next step. Find out how to give them money. Um, the next step is to look at um, and this might take a little bit of digging but another step is to find out what you are spending these, they'll all have you know, these somewhat confusing UIs and if you have questions, by all means please message us on Facebook I will help you do this research we have access to both Android and iOS I will absolutely help you do this research so please, send me a message Um, let's find this out but they'll have all these different kinds of currency and it can be a little confusing. Um, Find out what you do with that. Some of them um, uh, will be about like upgrading troops or buying items from a shop. Others um, might, and and that's normal, right? Like you build, you get experience, you get money and then you use that to upgrade your dudes. Um, Where we run into the gotcha mechanics is and this is where I want you to pay attention is like the next step, which is, it are any of the rewards random? Now, um, in a lot of these games, you will, um, be you will be essentially uh collecting a kind of premium currency slowly over time or. You can buy it. And you would use that premium currency to unlock card packs or summon things or whatever. And those summons are... They give you a chance to get a guy. Like a character or a weapon or something like that. If you run into a game um, where you are, um, you know, kind of using a summon crystal or whatever, and you get a, and as part of that, you get a character who is, um, uh, more or less it's random, congrats, you found a gacha game. Um, a really good example of this, and I think this is something that I I almost recommend taking a look at it just to see what I mean, um, I would recommend... (coughs) If you want to know what I'm talking about, what a pure, true gotcha game is, I'd go look up Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, it's a Nintendo game, so it's a company you can trust, um, and you know, so it's not, you know, it, 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 it's it, it is a. I mean, it's a company you can trust, so it's not like your data is going to be in danger or anything like that. So it's a good company, um, but it's a it's a straight up gotcha game. You earn crystals. You summon guys, and you summon characters from across the um, the Fire Emblem universe, of which there are tons of people. Um, it's a cool strategy game. You know, it's an interesting derivation of the like the actual game itself. But you play these characters. You um, and if you collect duplicates, you can combine them so that <coughs> you know they they go up in rank, so they can be more powerful. It is a gotcha game. Um, there are. Uh, I, I listen to a podcast called "What's Good Games," um, which I re- definitely recommend if you're interested in a, uh, a, a game in gaming from and the opinions on gaming from an all female perspective. The entire podcast is women, um, and they had uh, one of their regular hosts at the beginning was a woman named Alexa Ray Korea, who she's a journalist. She's worked at Gamespot and other places. Now she works for Nintendo. But uh, beforehand, um, she was all in on uh, Fire Emblem Heroes and spent many hundreds of dollars trying to summon um, the characters that she wanted. Because she has certain characters in that universe that she is just attached to. Um, She spent many hundreds of dollars trying to get them and just never did. Um, And so, this is... You know, she did this knowing full well and having the disposable income, and this is what she wanted to spend her money on. Um, This is one of those things where you kind of want to be aware of it uh, because this is absolutely going to tap into that addiction side, you know, that slot machine mentality uh, because it is, you don't really feel, because you're not spending money. It's not a dollar a spin, it's you're spending crystals or whatever gold or you know whatever they want to call it right like the companies do their best to kind of disassociate you from the uh, they really do their best to disassociate you from the money that you are spending um, so if you have figured out that you are playing a gotcha game um, I, I, the next step really just becomes figuring out whether or not it's fun right? I mean, and this is something that you'll have to talk to your kids about. Um, because a gacha game by itself is not bad. Just by itself, it is not bad. Um, it's something that you need to pay attention to. Now, they're all games that can be played without spending real world money. Um, all of them give you the ability to make, you know, to summon characters and, 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 progress through the game without spending real world money. that's that's normal um because that's how the free-to-play space works right like if the game is free they really depend on like two percent of the population that's going to spend way more than you know even the value of a regular console game um and the small percentage otherwise that might you know give them a tip every now and again you know or three dollars every other month for a game that they play all the time right um, that's what they depend on so it's possible to play these games for free um, but it, you know you have to decide whether or not it's worth it um, and, so, and that's where you let them play for a little bit maybe without spending any money because um, they always give you a taste um, and so and at that point it's really a discussion of you know are, they, are, are, are you going to let your kid or even yourself or your partner spend money on random dice rolls for characters or for weapons or whatever in this game. Um, the only gacha game that I played for a considerable amount of time was a game called Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which by all accounts was fun and it was cool for me because it's a game where you know you kind of relive the story of various various Final Fantasy games. I eventually stopped playing just because I kinda of hit a wall. Um, and also I had other stuff to do. I do that a lot with mobile games. I'll play I'll play them like a ton for like a month. And then I'll realize that I spent too much time playing them and then I had to leave them. But I enjoy my time with them. Um <coughs> the um so what they would do is like every week there would be a um there would be like a special where it's like, oh, check it out. All the characters from Final Fantasy VIII, they're available now. Buy these spheres and you can summon them. Um, And you earn money to unlock those characters just by completing quests. So like it was possible, um, but you can't, you know, but, you know, you really can't roll the dice a lot. You know, a lot of times it was, okay, so the special this week is Final Fantasy Seven characters. I've unlocked enough, print, you know, currency that I can roll, like, twice. And I would just kind of get what I get and not get upset. And I was fine with that, generally. Um, but there was Final Fantasy Ten week came up at, at one point. And it was like, I really wanted Orin because he's my guy. I have, a, like, a collectible figure of him. Um, and I used my premium and I played a bunch to try and gain enough to, to get it like I really like was a bit more engaged and then it was like there was one day left in the week long special where he was around and I was like okay I'm going to bite the bullet I'm going to spend my you know $10 and try and get it and I bought a bunch of spins and I didn't get him and I thought about doing it a second time and right as I was about to tap that button I was like whoa 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 I had never paid for this game before, so I put my $10 in. It was a game I put you know, 30, 40 hours in. I think it's worth giving them 10 bucks. Do I wanna do more? And that's where it gets you. It's like, okay, I want that reward, or I need that character, or I need that weapon, or whatever, and you don't necessarily get it, because what'll happen is you'll do these summons, and there'll only be like a, a um, it, it will be there will be only a percentage chance to get like the really good thing that you want, you know. The the it'll be you're rolling dice, and maybe ten of them are things that you want. <coughs> maybe there's some things that you could use that you don't know you want. That happened to me a lot. You know, I would roll the dice hoping for a character that I, you know, that I liked, and maybe I got a character that I needed, so it worked out. Um, cause they're all different and have stats and stuff. Um, but you know, like I wanted Orin that was like what I needed and I kept getting other characters and I kept getting other stuff and, um, man, did it, it hit me right there. I was like, Oh boy. Okay. This is what these things are. And that's what you got to watch out for. The idea that, you know, like most kids and parents understand that when you're buying Pokemon cards, there's only so much money you can spend to buy Pokemon cards. And if you don't get the Pikachu card, it is what it is. And you have the and beyond that, you have the ability to just go online or go to a store and buy a Pikachu. These games don't really give you that option. If I wanted Orin, frankly, if I if if they had told me, hey, if you give us $9.99, we could have Orin, I would have done it the first day. Right? It's kind of like with Fortnite, right? Like they sell these skins. My son wanted the, the NFL skin. It was fifteen dollars, and so I just gave him the fifteen dollars, and that's really the thing, right? Like you don't have the ability to buy what you want specifically. You have to get it out of these summons, um, and that's something you really got to watch out for because uh, it got it almost got me. It almost did, um, and that's something to pay attention to. Um, you know, these games are—they're um, like I said—they're very common in Asia. And they are, um, you know, as common as they are in in Asia. Um, they are becoming more and more common in North America because it is a um, because it is a viable method for earning funds, right? Like it's a great way to make money because there are a lot of people that just dive right in on this gotcha mechanic. So those are some of the things that I do. When, I kinda, when my kids ask me about playing a mobile game I really try and figure out and it's not even really mobile but any game um, that doesn't have an upfront cost I spend time trying to figure out how am I giving them money? Like how do I pay you? And, um, and, and whether or not it's random because like I said these, the, a lot of them are using these gotcha mechanics and they're starting to hide them and things like that So, this has been a kind of preliminary, very high-level discussion of what gotcha games are. Um, You know, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, Here's what I would say. Uh, Obviously, it is not a complete discussion. I may have missed some details. If you have thoughts, please. um, This is going to get shared in the Engage Family Gaming community. Um, So, uh, leave your comments there. Leave your thoughts there about what... What your thoughts and experiences are with Gotcha Games, um, and if you have more questions, you know we can do a follow-up Q and A episode where we talk about it. Um, <coughs> in fact, I would love to do that. So, leave your thoughts, questions, and concerns um, in the group uh, when we share it there. Again, that's slash community and yeah, let us know what you think. And also share with us whatever other topics you'd like us to talk about. Or like, I, I say us, but it's really just me. Um, that you'd like me to talk about because, you know, this is really an opportunity to get in and, you know, just kind of share my thoughts and experiences about games. Um, and I, I, I want to talk about what you want to talk about. So, um, my name is Steven. I am the editor-in-chief of EngagedFamilyGaming.com. This has been my ride to work um almost in the parking garage uh, i do hope that you guys uh, have a good day man it's thanksgiving this week i can't believe this year has gone so fast you know so there we are so i am about to turn into my parking garage i hope you guys have a wonderful day Um, I will talk to you tomorrow, Um, and until next time, my name is Steven, and this has been my ride to work. You have a great day, and don't forget to get your family game on. Bye now.